This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. 12, 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, What's up, Ranger fans? This is Steve Cardenas, a.k.a. Rocky the Red Power Ranger. Hey, this is Eugene Clark from George Romero's Land of the Dead. Hey, this is Jason Falk from Power Rangers Time Force. Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Men. And this is Ming Chen, also from AMC's Comic Book Men. You are listening. And you're listening to the Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. Our favorite podcast. It has begun. Awesome! You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole is. Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of 2016, episode 26 to be exact. I am your host, Jimmy McKnight, and this is the Ninja Starship. It is 5 o'clock Sunday, January 3rd, and we are live from Podcast Detroit Studios above Activate Gaming in Ferndale, Michigan. This episode is sponsored by the Falling Down Beer Company. They are providing what they are providing us with this delicious ninja chicken. Uh, let's see. Go to fallingdownbeer.com, browse their uh, custom selection of beers, stop in and mention Podcast Detroit, and receive a discount on your next purchase. That's it for the announcements this week. My guest is royalty in the American Muay Thai world, holding five titles, including the Lion Fight Super Lightweight World Championship, changing lives every day across the globe. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Ross, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Not a problem, not a problem, dude. It is such an honor to have you here. How was your new year? Uh, It was great, man. Just stayed at home and relaxed, cooked some food, and it was perfect. Yeah, that's all I did too, man. I stayed at home and played video games all night. It was wonderful. Didn't have to worry about the party drama, nothing. It was great. <laughs> do you have uh do you have any resolutions or any uh resolutions for the year? Uh no, I didn't make any. I usually don't. It's more of a day to day thing for me, like you know, trying to make the changes you need to instead of one big one that you uh gotta dwell on. Right. So let's get into the interview, man. Uh, I, I really want to get my listeners to kind of know who you are. So where did uh, where did you grow up? Oh, man, I kind of grew up everywhere. Um, uh, we moved constantly when I was younger um, from East Coast to the South to the West Coast and the middle and everywhere in between. Right on. Um, but, but I moved to uh, Vegas when I was 14. Um, I mean, that's kind of where I consider where I grew up because that's where I really lived the longest. And, you know, that was like high school and everything else, but everything prior to that was constant moving, you know. Right. What was it like growing up in Vegas? Uh, I'm the same as anywhere else, really. I mean, you know, you don't really think about the Vegas side of it until you're a little bit older. I mean, outside the strip, I mean, Vegas is the same as any other place, you know. Right. I, uh, I read that you were a character artist on the strip. Yeah. 
Yeah, actually, uh, I did that for about three years. Um, that was, I think, the first job I ever had. Um, you know, we'd go down. There was a couple different casinos we worked at for this company that had boosted all of them and, you know, cycle through all those um, places about five, six days a week. Okay. How did, uh, how did you kind of get into that? Were you always into art? Did you teach yourself how to do it? Did you learn from somebody? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always uh, been doing art since I was able to write, basically. And uh, one of my friends worked there. Um, pretty much had to teach yourself how to do it, though. It was one of those things like, yeah, if you're an artist, you know, you can kind of figure it out. I didn't go to school for it or anything. Kind of had to learn on the job. Actually, we um, we painted them with uh, airbrushes, and I didn't pick up an airbrush till I think, two days before my first day of work, so. Wow. It was one of those things you just had you got to learn or um, you got to get out, um, which is always have always found is the best way to learn or, or the, the surest way to learn. It might not be the best way. It's kind of uncomfortable, but, you know, you either got to learn it or you're done. Yeah. Right. How, uh, how did your journey kind of go from doing characters on the strip to uh, competing Muay Thai professionally? Long, uh, long road <laughs> between the two and, and everything prior to that. Um, I'd always loved uh, fighting and boxing, martial arts movies growing up, you know. And I'd, I'd often see boxing fights and think, you know, there might be something cool to do, or I'm sure that's a lot of fun. Never really thought about it too seriously. It was kind of just, just an afterthought, really. Like maybe one day I could try out fighting or something, but you know, didn't think too seriously about it. And um, I was a martial arts too, though, you know, and I never really saw any martial arts styles that had real fighting, you know, other than point spine, those kinds of things. And uh, one day, in, it was around 94, uh, I saw Musa on ESPN at a fight, you know, when they used to show those old school fights on there late at night. And, man, I, I knew immediately that's what I wanted to do, you know. Not that I really thought about like, I'm going to get go out and do this right now, but I was like, if I'm like, ever going to do something like that, would be it. Like, I, I was immediately hooked. Um, and again, it was it was kind of um, not really a serious thing, so kind of put in the background of my mind and went, went on uh, living my life as I was doing, but it, it would always pop up now and again when I'd see fights or movies. And, um, you know, it would kind of be just that thought, like, yeah, it'd be cool to do, cool to do one day, you know? Right. Um, and then, uh, let's see, when was it? In 98, um, I actually like, got up and sought out uh, a school where I could train, uh, which was uh, it's the one I ended up finding was Master Toddy's in Vegas. And um, I actually went down there. I talked to them, you know, and, you know, basically told them what I wanted to do. You know, I, I wanted to go there to, to learn how to fight. I didn't want to go there to, like, stuck in classes they're just doing this for fun I'm like well, what's the best how can I learn this as quickly as possible like and it was kind of like oh well the easiest way to learn is to take one-on-one -on -one lessons with the instructor kind of found out what that would entail how much money that would take and which I definitely couldn't afford at the time and um, even then I mean I was really busy partying and really into the into the Vegas lifestyle you know even at that, that early age but I realized I wasn't ready to give all that up. You know, I was like, if I'm going to do this, uh, I got to do it all the way. I can't have any, any excuses not to, not to succeed. So 
Uh, I knew if I was going to go after it, I'd have to give up partying, give up everything I was doing. I wasn't ready for that, on top of the fact that I couldn't afford it anyway. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was, again, I was like, all right, well, that's that. And, you know, you kind of, you try. <laughs> that was me trying. So, I was, you know, I just put it back in my mind again. And again, over the years, it would pop up and I'd think about it and I'd just have to, like, shove it back down into the background, you know, and um, be like, you know, that's not something we're going to do right now because we're too busy partying and not wanting to do anything else. So that went on and on. And uh, one day, uh, a friend of mine asked, uh, we just, I don't know how we ended up talking about it. We are talking about fighting. And, um, you know, I kind of told him, I was like, man, this, I always wanted to fight, man. Like, if that, I had never told anybody about it before. And he was, I was surprised. I was expecting him to kind of blow it off like I did. But he was like, well, why don't you do it? What's stopping you? You know, I explained it to him. Like, you know, I got to, I give up all this, what we're doing, I might lose all my friends, you know, I already felt like I was too old to be starting, I mean, I was only 19 or 20, but, you know, most people start with a young kid, so, um, and then, you know, the money thing and all that, and, he, you know, he, he basically was like, you know, I think you should do it, you know, if anybody can do it, you can, and I was, you know, I didn't even take him too seriously, like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, I didn't really do it, so, again, back in my mind, um, and then, then, uh, a little while later, probably about a year or so later, he ended up passing away. Um, he was born with a heart defect and had been in hospitals his whole life, and he had gotten to a stage where he needed a transplant. Just didn't get in the time. Wow. And uh, when he passed, I, I made a promise to myself that I would I would go after this dream. Like I was like, he didn't get a chance to go after his dreams. I can, and I'm not, because of all these reasons. So I, I promised myself I would for him. Um, unfortunately, his passing really sent me even down a darker road of, of, of that partying and depression and all that stuff. So, so it, that didn't exactly happen. So the partying and everything got worse and worse. And um, through a series of, it was all, all honestly, within like a month's span of time, um, friends of mine were getting killed, going to jail. You know, I almost did several times. And, um, you know, I, I, I realized that one day it kind of just hit me. I was like, if, if my friend Mo was alive today, he'd kill me seeing what I'm doing, wasting my life. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here like partying and doing all this other stuff when he didn't even get a chance to live. And it, I just like snapped out of it one day and, um, you know, told my dad about it, you know, about how I wanted to become a fighter and, um, all this stuff. And he, basically told me if, if I was to give up drinking and give up partying and all that stuff, he would uh, pay for all my lessons, you know? I actually poured out the drink that was in my hand. We were sitting there hanging out because we used to hang out and <laughs> drink together. But uh poured out the drink that was in my hand, and uh, I was in the gym the next day. And that's uh, where it all started. Do you think that when you had to kind of come to that realization of I'm going to pick Muay Thai or I'm going to keep partying, do you think that being in Vegas made it that much harder to, to oh, choose no, which way? No doubt. I would yeah, assume, I mean, man. It made it, it made it harder, but it'd be even more so after the fact. Because, you know, it, it's 24 hours a day. You can go literally anywhere. You don't have to seek it out where, where you might have to in other cities or other places like you want to go have a drink at any time, day or night, you can have it. You want to go party any time, day or night, you can have it. So I think knowing that it was just literally right there, you know, just, just 
right behind me the entire time. I could never, never turn my back on it. It, it, it made it difficult, but at the same time, it made it, it made me stay sharper and more aware, and kind of not get lazy with the fact that, like, just because I haven't been doing it for X amount of time, doesn't mean it, I couldn't be right back there tomorrow. And that's you know, to this day, you know, it's no matter how far you get away from addiction or things like that, you're never really over it you never passed it because it only takes one one mistake one one bad day um to to put you right back there it's like that thing uh, constantly gnawing at you sorry it's like that thing constantly gnawing at you right right and i and for me i feel that it's it's more important to kind of address that and then be honest with it than be like oh i'm past this um it it can never touch me again because knowing how close it is and being honest with that fact will will keep you from getting lazy or kind of letting things creep back up because you know how simple it is whereas if you feel like you're just over it you, you can kind of play around with it it's like oh it's not a big deal right until you realize you're right back there again i was uh i was there last october uh i had a job as a stagehand and we were setting up and taking down for different conventions out there and uh the company i was with was planning on moving us out to vegas and they were like you know go check everything out and Every cab driver I talk to about it, they're like, "Just be careful. This is the city of vices. Like, it'll kill you. You know, they, they're like, yeah. it, it's it looks, you know, uh, glitterous and glamorous, but it'll kill you." Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I've seen it over and over again with myself and, and others. You know, it's it's such a readily available thing that you you can't really um, discount it. You know, right? What um. What advice would you have to give to somebody that's looking to break the chains of addiction and that's going through this kind of a thing, but wants to change, but you know is looking for that for that reason to you know other than the fact that a you know this can kill you or or whatever else it may yeah. be. I mean, what what would you have to say to somebody like that? Well, I mean, I guess with anything that you want to make changes, whether it's addiction or, or other things, you have to find something that is more important to you than that. You know, like for me, it was going after this dream uh, for my friend who didn't get to, you know, Mm -hmm. but if it's just like, Oh, I want to do this. Like how long does that last? Or or how many, that's not going to get you through those really tough times. Cause this is something I love. This is my dream, but there's plenty of days where I hate this. I write, despise it and I don't want to do anything else and if I didn't have that thing or, or or other things kind of keeping me on track and keeping me where I need to be it'd be so easily over it you know and mm-hmm. if you don't have that it's, it's very very difficult you know and it's tough to say like you do it like this or have this or have this reason because everyone everyone's different and their motivation will be different but you need that outside source to kind of keep you on track through, through all the really tough times, whatever that may be, you know? And I think, I think just that realization of what that is and the fact that you can do it, you know, I, I think those are two things that keep us from doing stuff. One is we, we just don't think it's possible, basically. And it all boils down to that. And then what that boils down to is being afraid of it. You know, you're afraid you're going to fail uh, for whatever millions of reasons you might want to say, but you, what you need to realize is everybody has those and every single person you look up to as this is a person that's made it, they've had all those things. It's not worse. You know, that, that's one thing that kind of always, always stuck with me was once you kind of get behind the scenes, you see the struggles people go through, like whether it's the top fighter in the world or somebody's first day, like 
we all go through the same things. You just don't see it because you're seeing this person on the outside in this for this fraction of amount of time. You don't see uh, what's going on. So uh, kind of realizing that everyone goes through all these same things, these ups and these downs, uh, can can help you uh, get there because they've done it too, you know, or are doing it. And that's I think that's the reason I try to be very open with uh, my life and the things I go through and from the beginning to now is, is knowing that everybody goes through it and once they see that it, 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 it will motivate them to, that they can get through it too. Right. So it really it really has to start with you. You have to be the one that really wants to change and put the effort into doing that. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, like nobody can do it for you. You know, it's great to have it's great to have help, you know, and to have a support system and have people be there for you. But you need to be able to do it and want to do it for yourself and for nobody else, you know? Like say, the only person that needs to believe in you is you. It's great to have other people. You can have everyone in the world believe in you. If you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to amount to anything, you know? So as great as it is to have those people support you, if you don't believe it in yourself, you might as well not do it at all because you're never going to make it. Wow, that's some deep stuff, man. We're coming up on a break real quick. When we come back, more with Kevin Ross on Podcast Detroit. I don't know karate, but I know crazy, and I will use it. Now, you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Put it into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Two words. Chuck Norris. Hey, got a permit for those guns? I've got your permit right here. Permit denied. This is a previously recorded episode. And we're back. We are broadcasting live from Podcast Detroit Studios above Activate Gaming in Ferndale, Michigan. We're talking with Muay Thai champion Kevin Ross. Kevin, you, you had mentioned that you know you went through some some dark times. You, you found Muay Thai, and and you really you know you've changed your life for the better, big time. Um, I kind of want to pull back and and ask you what was the moment that you realized that you had a problem with addiction and 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 you needed to make that change. Um, you know, I th- I'm pretty sure I always knew I had a problem with it. It was just not really something that I cared or was concerned with. You know, like I, I don't think I was ever in the dark about the fact that I was an alcoholic at all. You know, especially when I became like physically dependent on it. You know, it's kind of hard to uh, ignore that, but I never saw it really or dwelled on the fact that it was, like, destroying my life and I wasn't going anywhere. I, don't, I just didn't really care about that anyway, so I didn't, I didn't really think about those kinds of things, you know? Mm-hmm. We are going to uh, we're gonna start taking calls, one 579 5295 if you want to call in and talk to Kevin Ross. Um so uh, what what steps did you take to kind of learn how to control the problem? I didn't really take any steps. You know, uh, <laughs> as I said, the next day I was in the gym and knowing that I couldn't do both, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't try to become a fighter and be partying at the same time. Not, I couldn't halfway do it or even a, a fraction of it. It was, it was all or nothing. So 
not to say that I made it easier, but it was, it was more like, if I want to do this, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and it was particularly hard in, in, in the very beginning, those, those first, I'd say six months or even that first year. Um, cause I couldn't even be around it. Like I couldn't, I, I mean, I have enough problem staying away from it as is. Like I couldn't like go out and hang out at a bar and just not drink or be at a party or something. So right. I really had to just stop hanging out with all the, all my friends that I had, you know, and, and that was something I had worried about, um, prior to quitting was if, if I stopped, I'm, I'm going to lose all my friends. You know, they're not going to understand. They're, you know, they're always going to want to come out. I can, and we're just not going to be friends anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? but, but that was definitely tough in the beginning. Did you, uh, now you didn't start Muay Thai for the exercise. You started it to, <laughs> to, clean, to clean yourself up and, and, and to, to move on to a, a better way of life and more or less, you know, your, your rehab sort of, correct? Yeah, for sure. What was, uh, Take, take take me back to the to the time when you you first walked into the ring. What was that like? I mean, after you've you've you haven't done anything, you haven't drank anything, you haven't you know you, you've been working, you've been training, and you get your first step into the ring, and and they they call your name. I mean, what was that like? How did that feel? Well, I went through a lot of emotions. I mean, uh, going to this fight um, when we showed up, come to find out, my original opponent came in heavy. Um, and he ended up fighting a friend of mine who was like a weight class above me. Um, but basically, I was I didn't have a fight anymore. Um, and we had driven up to uh, Salt Lake City. You know, my family was up there. Um, um, Gina was up there, and I'm like, I, I had all all this time had gone by, and I'm like, I'm, I'm finally ready. This is about to happen. And then it just got canceled right there, and I was like, oh, it was just I was crushed, man. Oh, I you know, bet, like, man. Every, everyone else was was. Um, getting their fights, getting ready, and fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, um, they're like, you know, we've tried to find fighters, so there's just nobody that would take it on a day's notice. Like, we found one guy, but um, he's already had almost 30 fights, and he outweighs you by 20 pounds. Wow. And <laughs> for me, I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, all right, let's go. You know, like, I came here to fight. I didn't come here to, to cancel and just wait for the next one. I'm, I don't care who it is. I'm going to fight, you know? Right. Um and actually, I had to weigh in. I was like, we had to eat like a ton of food and like wore all my clothes and winter jackets and stuff. Still didn't lay close to what he did, but uh, you know, I was like so happy like this is gonna happen. You know, that had a, there was really great energy. And so this was the day before, and then uh, the next day, ended up going. You know, super excited to finally do this, not knowing what to expect. All those things. You know, it's like you want to be confident, but you don't even know if you can be confident because you don't even know what you're about to do. Not really, you know, and then uh, I ended up just getting destroyed by this guy and, like, totally blew my load in, like, five seconds, so I, ga- <laughs> I was completely gassed out and just couldn't even move, and this guy was just, like, beating the brakes off me, but, like, I refused to give in to him. I would not go down for him, like, and it, it, I think the hardest thing for me was, like, listening to the crowd and then, like, how, like, excited and happy work because it was his hometown and everything and and i just wanted to be like hey, well he's not hurting me i'm just tired right <laughs> like, right you know what i mean but i was like i don't care what you do i'm not i'm not going anywhere i'm not going down and i never did um my corner ended up stopping it um i think right before the end of the third round and it was devastating to me you know to, to finally get to this point that i had been wanting to my whole life had been really focused on the last nine months every day every second um and then to just not only lose but just really get killed you right know? and uh i i 
I was very fortunate to have that happen. You know, I look back on that being the best thing that ever happened to me because one, it showed me I still want to do this regardless of if that happens or not, you know? And I think, uh, I would see a lot of my friends, they'd go on these like really long undefeated streaks from day one. And, and you could see that it, it makes people lazy and it, it make, they get comfortable. And, and there's all these lessons you have to learn. And I was able to learn them the very first outing, you know, and get all that out of the way. I was like, I got stopped. I got lost. It was like, you know, and I was able to, to overcome those things and deal with them, you know, whereas a lot of people, they don't ever have to, or they don't face those right away, but eventually you will, you know, at some point in your career, you're going to have to face these things and it's better to face them early on and deal with it than, than be doing this for however many years and you finally have that happen. You're like, maybe this isn't something I want to do, you know? Right. So I was able to, I was able to figure that out from the jump, you know, and, my immediate thought at when I got out of the ring was, well, maybe I can't do this. You know, I had all these doubts about being able to do it, you know, and, and then that was kind of the first thing that, you know, your instinct is like, well, maybe you just can't do this. Maybe you should just stop. Right. But, how, uh, how did you, how did you find that, that, that oomph to keep going after that? Right. Right. So I think like feeling that, uh, addressing that and be like, I want to do this anyway. I don't care if, maybe I can't win or maybe I'm not very good. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the best I can at this, even if that isn't very good. You know, and I, once I realized that and I heard, you know, that became clear and then it was like a thought out thing. Like I was like, well, there's nothing that's going to stand in my way because I don't care what happens. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the best fighter. I can be whatever that, that means. You don't know what that means. You know, nobody really knows what that means until you try it. Nobody, right. You don't really know how good you can be or are, or, or how good you can become. Um, so it, it was it was very motivating. You know, I mean, the next day I was right there in the gym just killing it. And I was like, what, when do we get to go again? When do we get to go again? And it was uh, early on. I was very motivated early on, you know. That kind of became your new addiction was Muay Thai. Yeah, for oh, without a doubt. You know, I mean, uh, we all have uh, addictive personalities. It's just some of us find positive things and some of us don't. Well, being at the level that you are now and, and, you know, what's it, what's it like to kind of look back and, and see where you've come to, to where you are now? I mean, the, the sense of accomplishment has to just be immense. Uh, it's pretty surreal. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I mean, uh, cause I've never felt any different than I felt from the very beginning. You know, I don't, I don't, not that I don't think I'm very good. It's a, I know there's so much more to do. You know, no matter how good you get in fighting, in martial arts, there's no end. You know what I'm saying? So, no, no matter how far you are from the beginning, you're just as far from the end because there is no end. Mm-hmm. So, I've never been this person that that's made these accomplishments or done these things and felt like that somehow separates me from other people. I don't think it does. I don't feel it does. I don't feel any different from the person that just walked in for their first day. You know, I don't. I may have done some things, but, but that doesn't change the fact that we're all just trying to be our best. We're all just learning and, and growing, and I might be farther along than you, but, but we're still all students here, you know, and, and I don't think that really changes just because you had a few fights or won some title or something, you know? So what would you say, I mean, coming from the mouth of a champion, what would you say that the, the benefits of Muay Thai are to, uh, to an individual? Man, I don't think I don't think you could put a, a, a measure on that on, on all the positive things. I mean, it's really 
just a matter of what you want to get out of it because mm-hmm. what you can get out of it is, is endless. You know, whether you're just talking about physically, mentally, um, changes your lifestyle, how it will affect positively affect every other aspect of your life because what you have to put into this, you, you put into other things. You know, I always felt like fighting, Muay Thai, martial arts, whatever, it, it, it goes through every aspect of life, not just what applies in the ring applies to your everyday life, you know, and, and the things you learn and the things you have to deal with and grow through, all those things are going to go to the outside of, of, of the ring, you know, and I think that's why it's so important for people, whether it's uh, martial arts or, or sports or, or anything, those lessons you learn in there will will translate to the rest of your life. And, and, and again, it's those things you have to learn them eventually, or you will learn them eventually. And I think it's one of the best ways to learn and one of the surest ways to learn and to, for people to grow and become better at whatever stage your life is in. I mean, it's great if you can get in this when, you, when your children, you know, and to grow up in it and to learn these things early, but everybody can use it, you know, even if you're old and start. Being someone that's trained both in the States and in Thailand, what would you say are some of the, the big differences between the training in, in both countries? Um, biggest thing, um, really just the dedication. I mean, but, but you got to realize Thailand, they're not doing this for fun. They're doing this for a living. It's a job. It's not a sport. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's their national sport, but this is... This is how people make money. That they they can make way more money doing this than they could uh, working in a factory. You know, so there's plenty of people that do Muay Thai that probably don't even like it. You know, it's just this is how I make money for my family. Right. It's not, it's not really that thought. I'm doing this for fun, or I'm doing this for whatever to get in shape. You know, and that is something you feel while you're there, while you're in the ring with them, while you're training with them. Where people here. You never really know what their what their reasoning for being there is. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a, a, a countless things. Um, you know, particularly because there you're only going to be training with fighters. You're not you're not training with uh, soccer moms or, or, or um, dads who are just doing this for fun. You know what I mean? So just being surrounded by that kind of energy it alone is different. You know? You, yeah, I you bet. Know everyone, every, everyone that's there is there to be a fighter and to be the best fighter and to make money for their families. Right. Where, like you said, here you're kind of dealing with people that just want to exercise or, you know, get in a little better shape or over there, this is how you're going to eat. Yeah, correct. So it's, it's not really that the training is that much different, like the techniques and things. And yeah, I mean, you could find there's variations, but there's variations in, in every gym in Thailand. So, you know, there's, the biggest difference is that energy that's in the air, the reason that people are there and the reason people are doing it. And it's the same thing in a fight, you know, not only in the, the, the crowd that's there, but the, the people you're in the ring with. This is what they do. This is a job. I'm doing this to take care of my family, not just because I want to win. You know, I mean, there's more to it. And again, as I was saying earlier, it's that, it's that reason for doing what you do. And that's why it's that much more intense, that much more pure and raw and, 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 and uh, dangerous, I'd say. You know, it's, it's, it's so much more real because it's real for them. It's like a life and death thing. It's, I need to take care of my family. If I don't, we're only stars. Right. What, uh, I mean, do, do you train in Thailand often? Um, yeah. I mean, I usually try to get out there at least once a year. Um, I've probably been there eight times, I think. 
um, yeah, I, I try to get there as much as I can. Right on. Are there uh, are there different styles of Muay Thai? Like with karate, you got you know Tung Sudo, Taekwondo, all all those different kinds. Is it is it the same thing with Muay Thai, or is it strictly Muay Thai? That's it. Well, I'd say there's there's definitely different styles as far as each each gym you train that's going to have different techniques they kind of emphasize on so you're going to get different styles of fighting and things like that um like i mean muay thai is muay thai and there, there's like the old school mubran you know and but it's like this muay thai fighting is muay thai fighting you know mm-hmm. everyone's going to have their own style and things they like to do but there's there's not really these like hybrid uh, um, different styles like that you know where they're like muay thai etc is there like a is there a ranking system? Uh, I mean, because you know, with karate, there's a belt system. I notice I see guys uh, in the ring doing muay thai that have armbands. I mean, does that signify yeah. something? Um, well, uh, there's there's no real ranking system. You know, I mean, um, muay thai is a fighting sport. There's no real you know ranking system in boxing. So you know, it's kind of similar to that. There okay. are schools and teachers that use implement a system, you know, whether that's a belt, uh, a colored shirt, shorts, armbands, um, which, which I understand. And it, it can be good to help motivate people, particularly, I mean, the majority of your people in your gym aren't going to be there to be fighters, you know, where a fighter uses their fight as motivation and how they kind of um, track themselves in their improvement, but everybody else, they don't really have that, you know, so, so having a system, uh, a belt system like most martial arts do um, can be helpful and motivating. I think the biggest problem is um, the lack of education. So p- some people are like, oh, I got my, my black belt in Muay Thai. Well, there is no black belt in Muay Thai. You know, that's just something your school uses to help track you and and um, for you to see kind of the progress you've made. So it's this kind of lack of education. So you got it getting passed down from one person to the next and finally you have someone that thinks this is like the way it is when it's not. And and I think that's the biggest uh, problem with that. And it's kind of a, it can be a slippery slope and it can be kind of dangerous to do that without, without educating people correctly, you know? And so then you have a lot of misinformed people out there um, talking about these kinds of things. Where does, uh, where does crew and Ajarn come into play? Well, I mean, again, it's it's one of the things where, I mean, a crew is just your teacher, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's just, it's just a name for a teacher, like Sifu. Okay. Or whatever, whatever else you want to say. Um, again, um, here in America, we've kind of found a way to, one, monopolize on it and get people to want to pay for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, as a way to say, like, I've done this. This is who I am now. Now I'm, I'm almost above regular trainers, you know? So people will pay whoever um, is doing these little um, certifications, you know, for however much money. And then they do like a two day course and all of a sudden they're like recognized as this crew or, or whatever. And it's, uh, unfortunately it's total, total BS, you know, I mean, it's, it'd be like saying you could go do a two day course for everything you need to learn in, in throughout your scholastic career, you know, and now you have that. Now you think you have what everyone else did throughout the 16, 18 years. You know what I mean? So saying you can learn in a fraction of time 
um, what everyone else has to learn in a long lifetime process is is kind of ridiculous. Right. There's it's no accelerated course it's, for this. Yeah, correct. So it, it's it's unfortunate, and, and what's even more unfortunate is I don't know if they don't think about it or just don't care. People that do this, so they pass this on to that person that paid for their crew. Now this person's a quote-unquote crew. They're bringing up students, fighters who think this is the way it's done, and so now each generation is just getting more and more and more watered down, you know, and it's really hurting us than helping. And it's unfortunate people want to take these shortcuts and or that other people put this kind of weight on that. Like, so you say, it's like saying you're a world champion. Well, that doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Who did, who did you fight? What, do you, what organization are world champion from? There's more to it than this just this title world champion or crew or, or master or whatever you want to say. I mean, anybody can call themselves something. You know? Right. It doesn't mean anything. We're coming up on, all right, we're coming up on another break. Uh, we'll, we'll be right back with more Kevin Ross. Very good. But brick not hit back. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Comparatively speaking to the macho man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. This is a previously recorded episode. And we're back from Podcast Detroit Studios above Activate Gaming in Ferndale, Michigan. We're with Muay Thai champion Kevin Ross. We're going to kind of switch things around here, man. Uh... You know, I got to bring this up because on this show, we talk a lot about movies, comic books, things of that sort. So if my sources are correct, you are dating Gina Carano, who is playing Angel Dust in the upcoming Deadpool movie. Is this true? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's not pretty badass. <laughs> what, uh, I mean, have you got to go on the set at all or anything like that? No, no, no. Actually, we've just been in the gym this whole time. <laughs> right on. Dude, I, I don't know, man. Like, If if I was you, I'd, have, I'd be bugging her all the time. Like, so, what was it like? How's Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you kind of geek out about that sort of thing? Or, or, or what, you know, what are, no. what are some of your hobbies? What do you, what do you get into? Say that again? I said, what are, what are some of your hobbies? What are things that you get into? Um... Uh, I, like, I like to paint from time to time. You know, like I said, I've been an artist pretty much my whole life. But uh, more than anything, I just like to relax. Man. You know, right. Like training and fighting and everything is so brutal and draining. You know, just energies is physically draining. So it's like when I'm not doing that, yeah, there might be other stuff I'd like to do. But more, more often than not, I'm like, I just want to sit down and just rest. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I also heard you play piano. Uh, you know, I dabble in it a little bit, you know. Don't I, be modest, I, Kevin. If you shred, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I like, I like to kind of dabble in uh, everything, you know, just, just, uh, from time to time, I'll pick it up here and there. And when, uh, you've had as many injuries as I have had, you have a lot of downtime and, you know, sitting around, not being able to walk or move or other things, you've got to find other, other, other things to do, you know, that'll keep you, keep your mind going. Right. What uh, what are uh, what, what kind of medium do you like to paint in? I mean, is it is it watercolor? Do you do oil painting? 
I mean, I've dabbled in just about everything. You know, uh, I'd say mostly I use uh, acrylics just because, uh, you know, I, I tend to paint very large pieces, and that's the easiest way when it comes to that. Um, but I do like painting in oils, but for the most part, it's acrylics or, or like pen and ink stuff, markers. Right on. What? Uh, where do you where do you draw your inspiration from? Really everything. I mean everything. Whether it's watching a movie, walking on the street, or I've never really been like an idea person. You know, so it's like if I see something or it, it, seeing something might cause me to think about something else. But like just sitting here, like what should I paint? What should I paint? Like that never happens. Or somebody else will give me an idea. You know, and I'll be able to do that. So right. I can I can totally uh, understand that man. I used I was in a band with uh, a buddy of mine, and he would come up with like the you know the majority of the riffs, and then I would just kind of spice them up. So we had like a total Bill and Ted thing going on for a while, man. It was <laughs> it was pretty awesome. So I, I totally mean like I wasn't the idea guy, but I was the one that could gold yeah. plate it, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Um, well, with 2016 ahead of us, man. Uh, you know what what's your fight schedule looking like? Well, I'm going to be fighting, uh, I mean, I can't say for who and where, but uh, it'll be in April. Um, it'll be announced, uh, I think, middle of next month, so kind of under wraps until then. But it'll be a, it'll be a big one, it'll be a big announcement, and uh, kind of see where I'm going from there. Awesome. And uh, where can people find you online? Oh, uh, Facebook. Jeez, uh, which one's that? Kevin the Soul Assassin Ross, I think. My uh, Instagram's Death Soul Assassin, the DA, as well as my Twitter. Pretty easy to find. Just looking it. All right, Kevin, it was uh, it was an absolute honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being on, man. And uh, I will send you all the links to this as soon as it's available. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Take care. That's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find this episode and past episodes on SoundCloud, Libsyn, iTunes, and Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening service. Please leave some iTunes reviews, please. It is greatly appreciated. Also, check out podcastdetroit.com for upcoming events. And we are now proud to announce that the Ninja Starship is also a part of the Points of Interest podcast network. That is awesome because we are now more available to our Canadian and European audience is thank you jess that was great claps <laughs> no problem, man. Uh, go to points of for more intro or more info ninjastarpod.com on social media i'm jimmy mcknight until next week ladies and gentlemen that's a show this is a previously recorded episode of